0: Could not be more happy to announce Carter Hawkins as Cubs GM. Cubs General Manager, Carter Hawkins. I'm so honored to be in this room, to be joining such a historic franchise with such a, a passionate fan base. A vendor build grad. Like every player that goes to college baseball, whether it's Vanderbilt or whether it's a, a D three, you know, they think they're gonna be a professional baseball player. And I did until David Price walked through the doors. And so started to kind of go through the process of what I wanted to do in my career and you know, as I landed on baseball operations as a potential career. Carter Hawkins talking Chicago Cubs baseball is with Mully and Ha. There's people everywhere, and all I could hear was go Cubs go over and over and over and over.
1: On 670 The Score. Mully and Ha, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Always a delight to talk to Carter Hawkins, the Cubs general manager. And he joins us now, as all guests do, on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook. Carter, good morning. How are you?
0: Good morning. Appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Well, it's great to catch up with you. And I suppose we should start by, well, I want to get to the no-hitter, but I'm very curious about the new rules. And if, uh, you know, the game looks faster, it looks sharper. It's kind of the game we grew up watching what do you think of the new rules? Are there any that you like more than others? Are there any that you're confused about? What uh, What's your takeaway?
0: Yeah, I can definitely tell you my my biggest takeaway that my is that my wife is thrilled. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, an, hour, it's an hour and a half. I'm home earlier to help with the kids, so she is uh, she is over the moon. But yeah, it has it definitely moved faster. The games have you know a better pace to them. Um, there, there's just not that much dead time and there's certainly been some adjustment you know, from our guys in terms of just changing their pace of play and understanding some of the nuances of the rules. But I think you know, a month or two from now, it'll be a non-issue. And our games will be a little bit quicker and hopefully a little bit better experience for our guys and for our
2: fans. I think it'll be a non-issue to a lot of people, Carter. But I do wonder this. Some pitchers are going to be better at adjusting than others. And as you sort of measure that or evaluate that, as much as we are kind of – immersed in analytics already does this create another category to measure do you want you to have some guys that you think boy you know when when that pitch clock goes under 10 he's really shaky or is this going to be something you just kind of bake into the entire overall evaluation of a, of a pitcher
0: yeah i think you bring up a really good question and something we've we've thought a lot about you know when you think about you know these predictive models that all 30 teams have right now they're only as good as the environment that they were built in And if that environment changes, then those predictions aren't quite as good, obviously. And so our environment is certainly changing from how our pitchers have to approach every bat, how our hitters have to approach every bat. And then obviously the defensive shift is a significant one where, you know, probably the value of a strikeout goes up and the value of a ground ball goes down. And so – we're going to constantly have to think about those things as we think about, you know, predicting performance. You know, obviously, describing performance over the course of the year will be easy, but predicting it will continue to be hard. And just another opportunity for us, hopefully, to be better than everybody else.
1: Yeah, Carter. I mean, it's fairly apparent that you put the roster together with that in mind. That you th- thought about the rules and that you put together a roster that had, you know, a couple of shortstops. Uh, the the no shift thing. It seems like you guys are as prepared as anyone if you start thinking about just uh, the middle of the field.
0: Yeah, we, that's what we definitely tried to do, you know, and looked at our the pitchers that we have, you know, within our, our team right now, and they're obviously very, very successful pitchers with a, a really lengthy track record. But in terms of, you know, their bread and butter, it's not necessarily missing bats. And, you know, given that, we wanted to make sure that we provided as good of a defense as we possibly could up the middle, a second, a short, behind the plate, Up the middle and center as well. And hopefully that helps offset some of the, the loss from a a shift and puts us in a position to prevent a lot of runs and win a lot of games.
2: Carter, since coming over last year from the Yankees organization, Hayden was pretty much done everything right. And he was on it again last week against the Mariners strong outing for the first one for him. He's in the mix for the fifth starter spot. what do you, which outcome are you rooting for if you, if you have a rooting interest at all? I know there's other guys that are in the mix there, but for, for his development, what's better for him to be the fifth starter on the major league team or to go down and get some more seasoning at Iowa?
0: Yeah, I wish I had to answer that question. I would say the the answer that I want is it's whichever one helps the Cubs win the most this year and into the future. And that's kind of the balance that we'll have to think about is, you know, hey, if there's levers that we want to pull that we really only feel like he can pull down triple AAA, then. Send him down there, but if there's levers that he can pull up in the big leagues to help us win now and there's no real opportunity cost, like he's on our team. So I think those are the questions that we're going to be answering. Luckily, we have a lot of depth at starting pitcher right now. You know, knock on wood, that's a a thing to to be scared of saying as a general manager, certainly, just because you always have depth until you don't. Um, But at the same time, we have a lot of options there, a lot of guys competing, and you know, feel really good about that place.
1: I'm curious when. You know, you see a guy go to the World Baseball Classic and this thing starts tomorrow and Marcus Stroman is going to pitch for Team Puerto Rico, I believe. Um, and, and, and Matt Mervis is on Team Israel. Is that, does does that become like an added worry? Do you watch those games or do you watch them tentative? You know what I mean? Like how, how disturbing is it to see guys leave camp to go play in that uh, particular event?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's probably like you know a parent watching their kids go off to summer camp. You know, it's like, do you worry? It's like, yeah, of course we worry. Like that's what we do. We're worrying all the time. Um, and when they're not right in front of us, you know, I think that's that's always disconcerting. But it's a great uh, a great tournament. You know, obviously a lot of you know energy and, and enthusiasm. You know, from the fan bases and from our players as well. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, just like we support our kids, we support the players to do that as well. And just seeing the pride that these guys have playing for their countries, and then. Especially for a guy like Matt Mervis to go get a you know, real competitive at bat, you know something that you know he's not going to be able to get at that level unless he's in the major leagues. Like that's a really good opportunity for him. So all in all, it's a good thing. But yeah, if you're asking if we're worried, of course we are. Um, we'll be we'll be watching all those games pretty closely.
2: So Carter, the Cubs are pretty aggressive this off season. They've spent over three hundred million dollars, brought in more free agents than any other team in baseball. And when you bring in veterans, I think you. You look on paper and it looks great, and then they get in the clubhouse and you learn things about them, how they mix, how they go about their business, that may stand out. And I just wondered, it's early in spring training, and there's still, you know, about three and a half weeks to go until opening day. But what stands out about the mix of veterans you've put together? Is there any one guy that has emerged, or a couple whose personalities, you know, have have been what you expected, or maybe what you didn't expect in a positive way?
0: I think not surprised by it, but the thing that's really stood out, and our coaches have talked about, and our players that have been around for a little bit have talked about, is just the the level of professionalism you know amongst our players. You know, we have a lot of guys that have been there, done that. You know, a lot of World Series rings, a lot of Major League Service years, a lot of just experience around some of the best players in the world, and they know what it looks like when uh, you know when you're preparing for a season in the way that you need to prepare, and so. You know, there's just a lot of, you know, guys coming in, getting their work done, having a great attitude about it, helping the younger players to learn those things, too, but there's really not that much of a remedial class, you know, in our Major League Clubhouse right now. It's it's a lot of guys that are in graduate courses, and that makes it easy on our staff and makes it easier on us, and I'm certainly excited to see that come to fruition, you know, once we get to the regular season. You
1: know, obviously, the the injury to Sayo Suzuki is, is disconcerting, and, and it's one it's one of these things that you just want to be super careful about because it can linger. It can become a, a season-long problem. How careful – I know it's a moderate strain of the oblique, but how careful do you have to be? And I, I heard uh, Jed say that it would be a, almost a long shot, uh, it sounded like. There's no time frame, but it might be a long shot for the start of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, the reality of it is, is you know, injuries in spring training have an interesting spin to them. Where everyone wants to get ready for Opening Day. Opening Day is great. You know, the fanfare, just the the pomp circumstance. It's a lot of really fun things to be a part of. And you know, sometimes when you put a time frame that's around Opening Day, it can cause you to make some short-sighted decisions. But really, that's just you know, it's a game, right? I like guess one game that counts just as much as the other 161, and so. We really just want to make sure that Saya is ready and ready to play as many games as he possibly can once he comes back. So that was really our our driving force behind not saying, hey, he's going to be ready on April 7th or April 1st or April 15th. You know, I think for us, it's just making sure that when he's ready to go, it's for the rest of the season and we don't have to worry about this again. So that's our focus. That's his focus. And, uh, you know, we fully expect him to have a great year with us.
2: Well, you've got options, though. You have other guys out there. One of them is Christopher Morrell. Very curious, the pros and cons in your mind of having Christopher Morrell with the Cubs, uh, being a super utility guy, playing a lot of different roles, or going down to Iowa and maybe doing some things at the minor league level. Same kind of a, a assessment as Hayden Wisniewski because Christopher Morrell last year, depending on your perspective, I mean, he came through. He had some special qualities. He had a breakthrough season. Now what does he do with that, and how can you build off of it?
0: I mean, he had a heck of a year last year, you know, a really productive player helps us win a bunch of baseball games you know, we forget. He started in double-A and got called up from double-A. So he, I don't even know that he's had any, if not, you know, just a handful of the bats uh, in triple-A over the course of his career, but at the same time, he's already showed us, he can help us win in the major leagues. And so, you know, to the extent that that's our best roster, he's going to be on it to the extent that, you know, there's an opportunity for him to to be a little bit more consistent in as at bats, you know, we'll consider that as well, but, you know, it's going to be hard not to put him on a roster just with the talent that he has and his ability to play in multiple positions, like you said. But, you know, we have some options, and those things tend to play themselves out over the next couple of weeks.
1: Carter, when it comes to contract extensions for someone like Ian Happ or for Nico Horner, um, does that have to be done before the start of the season? Is that something you want to avoid doing before the start of the season? Where – is that conversation at, and is it one that uh, that is premature to talk about?
0: Yeah, you know, as Jed has talked about, we're, we're not going to talk about the specifics of those, but I can say that you know, there's no rule that says you know, contract extensions have to be done by a particular date. Um, you know, Typically, teams like to get them done before the season just to, to make sure that there's not that added distraction in, in spring training because of just – the extra time and, you know, it, it not counting uh, makes it a little bit easier for some of those conversations. But, you know, we've talked, you know, at length about Ian and guys like Nico and others that are, are definitely guys who want to be here for a long time if we can make it work. And, you know, those are conversations that are ongoing.
2: You know, Carter, one of the great things about the Marquis Sports Network is you see all the games, but then you see a guy like Pete Crow Armstrong and the clock ticks a little bit louder. And you're like, okay, I'm li- <laughs> when's he going to be in Wrigley Field? When's he going to be in Chicago? He's had a very – Interesting spring to date. I know he's not polished. I know he is very young. How would you describe the progress he's made already in a short period of time in the big league camp?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a playmaker. You know, we've seen it already in in major league games here. You know, just the ability to run bases, ability to track it down in the outfield, ability to swing the bat really well. You know, I told Pete a couple weeks ago, I was like, Pete, you're not really good at stopping things. You know, stopping swinging at pitches, stopping running after a ball, stopping running the bases hard. And we would never want to stop you from being from that being that type of player. But what he does need to do is just focus his going, you know, focus when he swings, focus the decisions that he's making on the base pass focus, you know, when he goes after a ball and when he lets up. And I think those are the types of decisions of the minor leagues and, and just reps are going to be really good for Pete. And, you know, we fully expect that he's a guy that can help us, you know, win in the major league level. And we just want to make sure that when that happens, that you know, he's here to stay and, and, you know he's uh, as fully developed as we possibly can have him be, and you know he'll start the year in Double A, and you know we'll see where it takes us. But he's got some work to do. He's got a ways to go, but but he sure is exciting.
1: You know we've we've mentioned a couple of the young starters. How do you how do you balance the idea that that a, you know not winning a spot in the rotation nonetheless keeps a guy in the bullpen or do you prefer sending guys down and keeping them stretched in case something comes up? I mean, how, you know, you got all these options and it's pretty exciting, but how do you figure out exactly how to work
0: that? Yeah, it's a giant puzzle, you know, and I think, you know, in a vacuum, if you took players emotions and feelings and bodies out of the picture, you would say just have those guys go back and forth from the bullpen to starting and just jerk them around a little bit. (laughs) Obviously we don't, we don't get to work in a vacuum. It's, having guys have an understanding of what they're expected to do is is really helpful for them to be able to just execute at their at their ability. Um we saw it with Keegan last year. He was able to make that transition a couple of times from the bullpen to the rotation and back. Um but at the same time we want to make sure that you know that's the exception and not the not the rule. Um and so it's a giant puzzle that we'll have to figure out in terms of, you know, hey, do we have the the length that we need in case we need a starter? Do we have the best guys to help us get 27 outs in a given game. and You, know, you put all of those things together, you figure out the constraints that you have just from contractual issues or roster issues in terms of just guys being at different places in their career. And you put it together with a 13 man <laughs> pitching, pitching roster. And then, That'll change literally every single day or almost every single day, and we'll make the decisions over and over again. So definitely keeps our phones ringing and keeps us up at night, but uh, it's part of the fun part of the job too.
2: Talking with Cubs General Manager Carter Hawkins and Cubs Spring Training on the score sponsored by Sloan, the official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. Okay, Carter, you get Michael Fulmer here on a one-year prove-it deal. What's his role? Is he going to close games, do you envision? He told us on uh, inside the clubhouse he's not really not being a starter. I don't know if that's in the cards this season, but um, this looks like a veteran uh, good addition to your bullpen.
0: Yeah, our, our initial thought with Michael is he's going to get really important outs for us if those happen to be in the ninth inning or the eighth inning. Um, you know That's when those will be. If they happen to be in the seventh, that's when those will be. As the course of the year you know, plays out and, and guys get solidified more in roles, I think you could very well see him in a, in a closer role along, along with some other guys you know, that will be in our bullpen. But our expectation is that he's going to get important outs first at the end of the game, and that's what we're focused on and pretty excited about having him on board.
1: Anybody who's been around this team or watched the performance knows Wilson Contreras, a highly emotional guy, and he left town and he's kind of bummed that the Cubs didn't want him in his opinion. Uh, I, you know, Tucker Barnhart's already caught a no hitter. So I don't know if he's, uh, if you've recovered completely, <laughs> but uh, do, what was your take on what Willie had to say? And, uh, and what do you, what did, what do Gomes and Barnhart bring that that Wilson did not?
0: Yeah. I mean, so Willie, you know, obviously I only had one year of overlap with him, but you know, nothing but good things, you know, in terms of, our experiences with him or my personal experiences with him, you know, the energy he brought, you know, how hard he played. I don't know that I've seen somebody be able to play through injury um, better than him or, you know, just in terms of guys that the pain tolerance was pretty high. You know, he hurt his ankle, you know, he'd just be he banged up and still go into the game. So, you know, I think he, he brought it for us and we really appreciated that. And, you know, think really highly of him. but having a guy like Jan, you know, that really understands our pitchers and understands, uh, you know, our game planning process and then, being able to put that in with Tucker, you know, kind of in the same place. I think I saw an article this morning about Tucker really embracing that, you know, sports psychologist type role as a catcher and really trying to understand how to make the pitchers be the best possible pitchers they can be. It's almost their sole focus and, and hitting being secondary. I think that's, I know that's something that our our staff is really excited about and, I um, certainly feel like we got two guys back there that are going to help us win a lot of games,
2: Carter. We know Paws Chicago is important to you. There's a Medical Center volunteer open house on Sunday, March 19th, at the Medical Center on 26th Street in Chicago. Why is Paws Chicago so important to you?
0: Yeah, that's that's really driven by my wife, Lindsay. She's uh, an animal lover, and you know, basically a lover of all things that, that don't really get a, a shot, you know, in the way that um, you know a lot of us humans do, and and so she wants to, to basically be a voice for them. And, and, you know, we have uh, two cats that, that we love and have been great to our children. And, you know, Lindsay had dogs growing up. Um, we don't have them now, given that we have three kids that are under three. Um, and I just couldn't add one more thing wow. to our house to clean up. Um, but um, nonetheless, you know, Paws does great work in terms of, you know, helping animals in need. And uh, we're certainly excited to support them.
1: So sleep, kind of a rumor, is what you're telling us. Uh, yeah,
0: it doesn't, it doesn't really happen. It doesn't. I'm not sure I'll get it anyways with this job. So it's all it's all kind of sunk cost.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. Three kids uh, at that age. You know, my daughter just turned uh, is turning 21, and she was in from spring break, and we watched the video of the three kids when they were that age. I got to tell you, I don't know how we ever got through that. It's just like it's <laughs> constant action. It's just like. At one point, they're all just jumping up and down, and I look like I need to be hospitalized. At that point, good God, I, my heart goes. But out. you're
0: here. You're talking to me now. Yes. You know, You can make it. Like yes. this gives me encouragement. So I appreciate it. You know, we're we're going to get through it. I'll we're never
1: recover, it. but yeah, you get through it. That's <laughs> awesome. Congratulations to you. That's so your oh, poor amazing. wife. God bless her. Uh, <laughs> She's all right, buddy. Thank you so much, Carter. We appreciate your time. Great catching up with you. And uh and all the best. We can't wait for the season to get going. Thanks Carter. Thanks, Alex.